Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 218. 218. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, friend and co-host Ryan Ray. Ryan, we got uh, hurricanes tearing up our friends down in Louisiana. Uh, I'm hoping uh, hoping everybody's safe. I heard power was out down south, St. Charles, so hopefully those guys are all right. I know uh, there's been a lot going on down there, but uh, otherwise, how are things going in uh, your world this morning? Everything is lovely, lovely, lovely. And let's talk about our sponsor for the podcast, Josh, which is Novo. You and I both own businesses. I don't even know where you bank at, but you're probably some communist bank. I bank with Novo. You know why? Because during the shutdown last year, I had to open an online business account. And I have Chase uh, in uh, some local bank, and I couldn't get them to get their online to work. So I found Novo, and I've loved it ever since. It's powerful, simple business banking, unlimited free transactions, no minimum, minimum balance or transaction fees ever, ever, ever. Um, it works with Stripe, Shopify, Square, QuickBooks. And much more. You can send invoices, track them, and get paid on your terms. So, how do you get this wonderful, wonderful opportunity? All you gotta do is click on the link in the show notes, and they will get you set up online. It, it's been fantastic. I've had money wired there. I've sent, I've sent invoices out, uh, sent uh, checks out. So, I've loved banking with Novo. We will link to it in the description below. Be sure to check it out. Oh, I tell you what, you can go to ryan slash banking com slash banking and open your account today. Well, Ryan, uh, mentioning Hurricane Ida. Um, so CM, uh, NBC News, there's an article that was out. Uh, I'm sure most of us kind of have uh, people that are on the ground somewhere over there. But uh, they have been evacuating employees. Um, had uh, uh, someone I know that had to park their truck, I believe, in, in one of the cities around um, St. Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I think, I, I don't know if their vehicle's there anymore. So uh, it's been it's been a, a pretty rough hit, but it seems like it's moved away from the Gulf, moving toward, I think, into Mississippi now. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully those guys are, are all right on that side as well, the Mississippi. So did you see- watch any of it yesterday? Did you have to watch any of the uh, live streams? I did not know. Yeah, it was interesting because, uh, you know, it's one of those things. My wife was, you know, uh, like, oh, well, you know, I, I would never want to live in Florida because of this. I forgot how bad hurricanes were, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I want to go down there and do the storm chasing deal. Like, I want to go down there and I want to go down there and make sure that, uh, and like broadcast live. I think that would be pretty cool. So are you in for the next hurricane to go down there and live stream it? You know something about weather, man. I've always, uh, I've always been uh, kind of fascinated by it. So I'm, I'm much more apt to go and, and chase uh, a hurricane than I am to go chase a snake. So I'm, I, <laughs> the snake may bite you. Yeah, it may bite you. I'll take dodging debris in a hurricane any yeah. week. I don't like tornadoes. Uh, I, I wouldn't be a tornado chaser. Um, see, I think the tornado is actually a little bit safer too because you can see. Okay, at night it's a problem, but during the day you can see it. 
you know, you kind of move around it, I think. Um, but yeah, so that's so here we go. The next the next hurricane, we're gonna try to get down there and do a Texas Little Guest podcast live stream on YouTube. <laughs> that's we, we need to do it, man. We need to do it. That'd be great. Let's go down the front there too. But anyways, um, yeah, so hope everyone's okay. It it sounds like from what I've seen, the reports are the damage isn't as bad as they were thinking it was gonna be. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just the early reports. I, I'll let me phrase it like this. Usually the day after a hurricane, if it's really bad, you're seeing you know, the reports are like flooding in of how bad yeah. it is. Yeah. I haven't seen that, which leads me yeah. to believe it wasn't as bad as they were thinking it might be, which is which is something to be thankful for, of course. So um hope if you're a listener down there, you made it out safe. If you had any problems or complications or whatever, and of course Josh and I can help you out, um, reach out to us. Be sure we'll be sure to pass along your information to folks who might can help you out. Yeah, so uh, Orleans Parish without power. Uh, almost a million people don't have power right now. Supposedly what I'm seeing here is one dead. So it's the power outages that are the the main concern, I think, at this point. They're, they're estimating it might be weeks before they get that turned back home, according to the people that live there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's kind of the major concern. Um, there's a, uh, some information that came out. ExxonMobil cut production at its Baton Rouge refinery to 50%. Uh, so you have a lot of uh, production that's being taken offline. So we uh, would expect from that to see gas prices begin to rise temporarily. So we should see some some of that happening um, as we speak. I think, uh, you know, I think ninety five percent of all the refining activity is off down there. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, now and I, and I was trying to see what Anas was reporting on that this morning, um, how much flooding and how long they think they will be out for. Um, I don't know those answers just quite yet, but I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out tonight, tomorrow, whatever, we'll have a better, a better read on all that. But you know, listen again, it's people, I don't know if anyone died or not. So hopefully no one died, but um, a lot of damage and stuff is always happens, but it doesn't feel like it's a Harvey, you know, there seems to be worse than Katrina as far as storm size. It doesn't seem like it's going to have that impact. So, you know, Oh, all in all, we might've got unscathed and we're towards the, latter part of hurricane season and so maybe we're going to get out of this thing um you know, relatively unscathed this year yeah so a uh, good friend uh all our good friend david blackman had a article old boom 2021 and he talks about a um matt miley he's a strategist at miller's tabak i just probably but- butcher that name uh but anyway matt thinks that because of some of the the moves in the stock market recently that oil prices are set to go up between 20 and 50 percent based on averages that he's looked at from past um cycles and uh and david is kind of analyzing some of this and looking at some of the things that might push prices higher Mm -hmm. so one thing he mentions here and this is one of the things i I just thought was was uh, something i'd like to follow so doubling of the g-i-l-t-i tax rate that's the global intangible low taxed income tax on income derived from international business activities they're planning to double that from 10 and a half to 21 percent yeah so that (laughs) have you seen uh, okay remind me tape Remind me to story offline. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so this tax, there's another thing he mentions, uh, intangible drilling costs that you can go and you can check this article out. Uh, but this this doubling of that uh, that guilty tax rate, that is, um, and that that is ridiculous. I mean, the, the idea that the, 
Biden administration and some of the people are reaching out to the Saudis, increase oil production so that they can get the gas prices down mm-hmm. while at the same time doubling this tax. It just seems like, do they understand what they're doing? Or I, I don't know. I, I see that. It's just, it's, it's crazy to see. So this is going to drive prices up, but uh, David's assessment of this is that th- these infrastructure bills are two of the very worst ideas that he's seen, but he doesn't think it's going to be enough to stop or even slow the steady boom that's taking place in the U S oil through the throughout 2021. So he doesn't think this is actually going to hamper the oil business. It'll probably just be passed on to the, you know, people at the gas pumps to to pay that difference. So I thought it was interesting though, seeing some, seeing some of these taxes that I haven't really followed up on any of this. So this is the first time I've seen that uh, yeah. mention of that tax. Double the international. So just I'm going to a quick rant here. Uh, two things. One, um, we're whining constantly about China out competing us in the global market. So what do we do? We go double the tax rate. That makes that that's just genius strategy there. So don't complain. Don't whine to me about China beating us in the global market if you are doubling the tax rate for a second. The second thing is um, this is where uh, I, I don't know, and I don't want to spend much time on COVID this episode, but you know, I, last week Delta came out and said that they're they're going to charge their employees that aren't vaccinated $200 a month. I think that's what it was uh, surcharge for their, for their insurance. You know, here, here we go after the worst economic year in the history of our lives, potentially country, the world, whatever it, it is brutal. Now we're coming back. We're doubling the tax. We're potentially charging people for not getting vaccinated. All of those things make the economic recovery slower, not faster. We need faster recovery. And so um, I don't think the oil price is going to go below you know, 50, like we're in danger of that. It, it seems like we're okay on that. But also, you know, I am a little concerned that demand just you know, is, is going to struggle to get back, especially coming into winter season, you know. And so I, I don't know. So, so the, the other thing is we got Jay Young coming on here in a minute to talk about this. But, you know, so gas, the, the gas demand is going to go down. Gasoline demand in the U.S. The driving season is over, so you would expect gasoline demand to drop off here in the next, you know, two three weeks, maybe a month at the most. Um, and then at that point, you would see, um, you know, maybe the price soften potentially. Of course, the hurricane and all that stuff. So I see Jay's. I saw Stu there for Jay. I guess Jay's coming in the back in the green room. That's right, folks. We have a green room here because we are cool like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure, man. It's. I mean, do you think that people are kind of getting back to? I think I get back to normal. Do you think that the economy as a whole is just going to continue to roar, or do you think that we're going to keep kind of starting and stopping? Well, uh, just from just from something that's happened with me, I had a huge uh, appointment um, that was set for today, actually, and the Delta variant. Um, calls them to call me and postpone indefinitely. So they're, they're not wanting to, they're not wanting to, uh, to move forward for the time being. So that, that happening, um, not only, not only that, but I've also heard from people in other, in other industries, specifically in Texas, that um, the Delta variant has caused some concerns that are making them kind of pull back. Um, I think, investors are a little leery of it so no i think it's gonna be some start and stop and i don't i don't think we're near to the place where we're gonna just let her rip yeah I, 
Yeah, that's kind of what I've seen too. So, uh, which is funny because the 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 school that our kids go to, they are heading after us last night. They are acting like COVID doesn't even exist. Basically, at this point, there's no talk about taking temperatures or COVID protocol. They're just back to 100. percent So, I think you are seeing parts of the country getting back. I am curious from the oil field workers out there. Uh, we will keep your name 100 percent off the record if you want. Um, but what are your companies doing? You know, um, how are you guys handling COVID? Is it back to normal? Um, are there, are there, is there a lot of protocols? Are your clients kind of pushing them on you? Um, I'm curious to see that now, but that you can email me Ryan at orroommedia.com. Okay. Before we get to our esteemed, 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 esteemed guest, Jay Young, let's thank our sponsor again, which is Novo. Joshua, I know you own a business, but you don't, are you at Novo? You're not Novo, are you, man? Yeah, you're, um, you're at the, com- the first communist bank of somewhere. Okay. I'm over at Novo because I'm a gangster like that. Unlimited free transactions. No minimum balance or transaction fees ever, ever, ever. You get the bank on your own terms, set aside for your taxes, profits, payroll, and all the other things that come along with being a business owner. You can send invoices, track them, and get paid on your terms. And with that being said, oh, go to ridingresenior.com slash banking um, to check it out. With that being said, the man, the myth, the recurring guest himself, Jay Young. Mr. Young. Whoa. Hey, man. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Jay. Here. Wow. Well, I'm so, so honored to be in your presence. Well, you should be. You should be. That's good to, that's good to know. Hey, how's things going out there in the oil and gas business? Well, we're just talking about that, Jay. We're just talking about that. Hey, hold on first. What's up with this new scenery here? You used to have the bathroom with your sign oh. on it and all that. What happened? Well, my buddy Stuart, our our buddy Stuart, I should say, is, yeah. is, is he told me he said, "Man, that that bathroom doesn't look good in your background." So okay, hold he, on. Oh, look at there. Hey, no, no, get back in here, Stu. Get back hey in here. Now. Get back in here, Stu. Yeah. But first off, Stu Turley, uh, who's been on this podcast and also host of the Energy New- Energy Newsbeat oh, podcast, he has on great guests once a month at least. Uh, but hold on, listen, I got a bone to pick with both of you guys. So oh, no. while you're here. I used to be, I used to be Josh. I don't know if you know this. I used to be a regular contributor to the Jay Young show. Like once a month, they'd bring me on. I'd take wild, crazy takes. They, they kind of bounce stuff off me. I go on one flip of vacation, one vacation, and they're like, no more, no more. Cut well, the okay. I guess we can have So, do I blame you for this? I hold you personally responsible. I will never forgive you for that. Um, so there it is. I'm going to bail out because this is Jay's show, your show. <laughs> On the other hand, I'll tell you what, we're going to have you. We even have our new round table yeah, and you would yeah. be fantastic on our new round table. Do you, do you think tomorrow, think tomorrow's too early? Or should we know. tease him a little bit? Tell him, tell him we'll kick it down the road two, three, four weeks. And uh, next we'll week. Gotta, all right, next. Oh, I'm giving you guys a hard time. You do great without me. You do worse with me, but whatever. It's uh, it's good to get you back, Jay. Okay. Nice. Last time you were here, I think you predicted $250 oil by the end of the year. Does that sound right? No, I think it was by the end of this month. <laughs> this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is already $250. It $250. It's $249. Right no, we oh, yeah. no, that's close. So we're just talking about it right before you got on. You know, gas. Uh, Gasoline demand, I'm sure, is going to drop because driving season's over. Prices are in a good spot for what we'd like, you know, for where we want them to be at. Um, the, the economy is kind of chopping, kind of start, stop, start, stop, depending on what's going on. What do you see going on the next few months? you think we're going to keep on trucking or will things slow down? What's your read? No, I mean, I think right now we're having – and thanks for having me on, Ryan, always. And Josh, great, great seeing you again, too. You know, I, what I really feel like is is – we're seeing a demand right now that, that, that's been pent up 
and all of a sudden we're going to have the Delta COVID. So you know what? I mean, oil prices may not may not hockey stick like I think they should, or I know they will in the future until we get through this Delta. You know, so right now, I mean, we have 95% of the Gulf shut in today. You know, that's a million, almost 2 million barrels of oil a day. We only produce 11 or 12. So when we're talking about 2 million shut in, that that's, that is that is really hurting your supply right now. So, you know, it's going to be back and forth with the Delta, the demand going there. But I tell you what, once we get through this Delta and we get through that, you're going to see the demand coming back so strong and us not having the oil that we need. You know, people are drilling as freely as you would think with these stronger prices. And with the obvious, it's obvious oil prices are going up. But you know what? There's a lot of companies out there, and I mean, public companies aren't drilling because of you know they want their, they want to go green, you know, and they the board members want everybody to go greener, so they're not going the old business as much. Your big private equity funds aren't aren't investing like they did before in the old business, so we're going to have a supply problem the next year, two years, three years. We're going to have that supply problem before we go to electric cars and we're we're flying around in, in, in airplanes like the Jetsons or something. <laughs> I mean, before that, we're we're gonna have a shortage and oil prices are gonna go nuts. They could go to 250. Not not by the end of the day today or by tomorrow, but in the next year, two years, OPEC feels like it can go to 200. Why why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? Well I'm, I think your point about the start and stop, you know, how long can the start stop go? And I think that's a, a very touchy geopolitical question. If you look at what's going on globally, that I'm not sure how this thing unfolds. I think that's probably some of the hesitancy that you're seeing in the marketplace. Um, so you mentioned the hurricane, but before we get to that, let's talk about something Josh and I were, were talking about, which is tax policy uh, for the Biden administration. Now this is international tax. I don't think you do anything internationally. Maybe you do. I don't know. Um, but how, how much does change in tax policy um, impact producers from their perspective? Like, are they do you, so? You know, for a guy like me or Josh, you know, we go to the local CPA. They're like, do this, do that. When the when the administration starts talking about changing tax policy, you know, you always hear it's going to impact producers. Um, but how much? Like, what are you guys looking at? Do you got, do you wait for like legal battles to be fought, or can the CPA answer these questions? I don't really know the answers. I'm, I'm curious how you guys view that. Yeah, and we do have a lot of forward investment, you know, and, and to come into our funds. So we're we are uh, we we understand it, you know, and they don't take the write off exactly like we do, you know. So it's a different scenario. But when you're talking about capital gains, I think a lot of things what people are looking at right now is the capital gains versus your the, your regular tax rate, right? And and if Biden says we're not going to do uh, any more tax breaks. You know, or capital gains is going to go away. So instead of paying 15% tax, you're going to pay 40% tax. That means that people are going to hold on to things a lot longer or they're going to sell them between now and the end of this year. You know, so, uh, but our deal mostly is for tax purposes is for the, is for the investor and, and, you know, looking for the 50 to a hundred thousand or $200,000 investment because they get the write-off. You know, you write off the investment in oil and gas, and you always have been able to, and you always will. I, I'm, I'm 95, 98, 99. I mean, 
I don't think anybody's going to change that because if that happened, oil prices would go through the roof because all these public companies that understand the tax breaks and, and what they do today, man, they're going to go, they're, they're going to quit investing in oil and gas. They won't have, they'll have rigs will be down to a hundred drilling rigs a year instead of 500 like they are right now. And you will see nobody drilling and oil prices will go up tremendously. Now I'm not saying the Biden administration understands that. I'm not saying that. And I'm, I, I don't, I'm under the Taliban and the, all the helicopters we're leaving over the $85 billion we're leaving over there is a, I know it's a different story, but I'm just saying that I don't understand. I, I don't know if the Biden administration understands that, Hey, you know what? If we don't allow these tax breaks, nobody's going to drill and oil prices will be three, four or $500 a barrel. You can't do that. You can't not drill in the United States. We've got to drill wells here. If not, we're going to be burdened by all these people that hate us, and they're going to raise prices so high that that uh, you know it's just just not good. You know, so we don't produce enough oil in the United States. We're not energy independent. We've never been energy independent. Where you're talking about, we've produced more oil in the United States than we've consumed. We've never been able to do that. What we have done is we've produced so much oil in the United States that our uh, refineries can't take it all. Different story. We've had to export oil because we've produced more oil than we've needed for our refineries, but we're not going to do it here. So when we don't have it and we don't have the oil, what happens if we get below 14 million barrels, we need a lot of oil from foreign countries. You know, we need 20 million barrels a day. We're producing about 12 million barrels a day. We're producing 12. We need 20 now, how energy independent is that? When you say we are producing 14 million barrels a day and we need 20, who's doing the math there to say we're energy independent? Politicians? Yeah. Okay. Different story. But we need oil. And the more oil we need from all these foreign countries and our demand goes up 20, 21, 22 million barrels of oil and we don't have it. And if we don't have it, we have to go to these other foreign countries to get it and some of them, and if they get together and say, all right, let's raise prices to 75, 85, 95, that's what happens with oil prices. And that's what that's what can happen to oil prices. And when it does, it kills the consumer because you have to pay more at the pump. Well, Jay, do you think uh, in any way that could be possibly what they're trying to accomplish? So because when that happens, would alternative forms of energy, wouldn't they be able to compete more in that space? So if, if they can drive the prices of oil up, uh, the price of solar and wind may appear cheaper or more comparable. So do you think that's possible that they're actually trying to do that? Or are they too, you know, too dumb to actually play that sort of a complex game? You, you mean, you mean the Biden administration? Yeah. Just the politics, the people that are behind all of this green push, a lot of the ESG. Do you think, do you think it's possible that the goal there is, is not just to make things cleaner, but to make it, more expensive so that alternative forms of energy might be able to thrive more. Yeah. I think that's what, that's what, you know, that's going to be a story two, three years from now as it plays out during the next election. But you know, the Biden administration, you, you can't really try to go green, 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 green. And, and also the price of oil and gasoline go down. You can't do both of them unless there is enough to overtake it. And there's not, I mean, we don't have the infrastructure of, of, 
of, of electric cars and all the different things. I mean, only 40% of a barrel of oil is used for the transportation. So, you know, it's only 40%. The other 60% is for all the different things that we have that, that don't, that, that are not, you know, put for a fuel tank or airplanes or whatever. So we're still, we're still going to need at, at 20 million barrels a day. We're still going to need 12 million barrels a day. If we replace every car and air airline and, and truck on the road and everything, if every one of those went to electric and I don't know if airplanes can go electric or not, can they go electric, Ryan? I, I don't know. But anyway, no, I, they I, I, you know, they can't, the batteries way too much. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, um, but okay. But anyway, my grandfather, I used to talk about how does an airplane really take off? I mean, how does that centrifugal force really do that? But anyway, um, so we need oil and we're going to need oil for a long time, but the Biden administration oil price is going to go up because everybody's going to say, we're going to go green, 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 don't drill, don't drill. And they had the big, you know, where Shell and Exxon replaced board members with all these different, um, you know, people that say go green. So the more everybody's yelling green, that's great. We do need to go green. I say we go greener. That's a J Young word, right? Greener instead of green because we'll never go green, period. But we will go greener because we are gonna, we're always gonna need oil. And it's always, we're always gonna have a job in the United States by producing oil and gas. And the more, oil we don't need from other countries, the better off it is. One more question for you, Jay. So um, I think, I don't know if it was last time you were on or the time before that, we talked a little bit about Colorado and due to the, some of the restrictions they have, where oil prices were at the time, it wasn't feasible to produce there. Um, so you had some some assets that you were kind of not uh, developing at, at you know, right now. Do you think we're getting close to where that, that becomes feasible again? Or do you think there's, there's two aspects, the price and then the restrictions. So uh, is the price getting to a point where it might become feasible soon to start developing some of those assets? And uh, and second, what about the restrictions? I mean, uh, are you going to have to wait for um, a few years for that to kind of start rolling back as it begins to affect their economy before you can really take advantage of those assets or or, I mean, what's your thoughts right now, like on Colorado in general? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Josh, and I appreciate that. So our fund that we have out, which is called the King Operating Partners 1, 1 LP, is, has four assets in it. One of them is in Colorado. One's in West Texas. One's in the Mid-Continent basis up in Oklahoma and, and uh, Panhandle, Texas. And one's in East Texas. So we have four assets. And we're raising a $25 million fund. And Colorado is one of those assets. And Colorado is longer term. It is it is about restrictions. They do not like uh, oil and gas there. And what we're doing is we're complying with the government. We're putting money in to be, be compliant. And we're putting our permits in to, to establish oil and gas production. Yes, oil prices need to go higher. But I don't really think feasibility is more about West Texas than it is in Colorado. Colorado... You don't need $40, $50 oil or $30, $40 oil to make sense in Colorado. Those wells are that virgin pressure. They, 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 there's a hundred million barrels of oil there. I mean, there is a ton of oil left in Colorado. So when you're talking about, when you're talking about economics, you're talking about, there's three things about economics. 
Number one, how much does it cost you to drill? How much oil is going to come out of the ground and when that oil comes out of the ground? And what's the price of oil? You know, so we may look more at economics. There we're not as much as worried or concerned about economics as we are about the regulations. And, and we're, we're always in the counties and the state, you know, uh, meetings and, and complying with everything they have there. But with economics is more about the 60 locations that we have in West Texas and making sure that we drill one out of every, you know, three locations. We drill one well, we skip over two locations and we drill another well and then skip over two, making sure that that is feasible. That's going to be more about how much does it cost to drill and complete a well. We're looking at 2 million. We're looking at 300,000 barrels of oil coming out of the ground. And at $20 a barrel, that makes sense. It's about a, I would say between a 15 to 17% internal rate of return at 20. So at 60, 80, 100, man, the returns are just, you know, more. So with, with the drilling of that, now the drilling costs will go up, the higher oil, oil and gas prices go up. If oil and gas prices stay up for another, um, you know, if they say 60, 70, dollars it'll cost you more money to drill. What happens is, is that's what happens is the higher oil and gas prices go, the more people get in the oil and gas business. And the more people get in the oil and gas business, well, all of a sudden that pipe that we need, that nine and five eighths pipe that we just called and said, hey, we need, you know, 3,000 feet of it, you know, delivered to our location by next Tuesday at, at $12 a foot. They all of a sudden go, well, hey, man, I've had three calls for this pipe. I'm going to sell it for 13, 14, you know, so the competition in, in, uh, in, in prices because it costs you so much to drill. All I'm right. sorry, Josh, that's a long answer. And I hope I answered your question. If I did, you did. You did. Back to it. No, no, that's great. Okay. Uh, Jay, one final question for you here. Um, why did you not watch Tiger King? <laughs> Man, you know what? I mean, you know, and I'll tell you, my wife doesn't want to watch it. And we watch one program together, you know, a night before, you know, and, and, and I just, I never have found the, I mean, after Siegfried and Roy, you know, out of, out of Vegas, <laughs> I just thought, I mean, they, they kind of, when they, when they became, um, uh, I just don't know. I don't know. You know, see, I, 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 why should I watch it? What is the big deal about them? This well, I have a- Carol Baskin coming on inside the room tomorrow, and I was gonna, I was gonna let you give me one question to ask her, but you haven't watched the show, and so I don't. You're like the only person in America who hasn't watched Tiger King, so um, you know this. You know, so anyway, so and you're putting me on the spot, man. I mean, you're really listen. It's the hot seat, big boy. Come on. I, know. Oh, no, <laughs> I appreciate you putting me on the spot. I Come, need on, on the spot. Come on now. All right, Jay. Um, we want to get you on again, obviously, at least one, maybe two or times before the year ends. Um, any final thoughts that you, you got the Jay Young show, obviously King operating, where can people find you, connect with you, follow all the stuff you have going on? Yeah, I mean, on Instagram, you know, Jr. Young TX for Texas.com for, uh, whatever it is at Jr. Young at King up, Op- just go to King operating.com or Jr. Young.com. And sign up for my newsletter. We've got a great newsletter that we keep you in the know. Well, Stuart does. Stuart keeps us in the know about what's going on in the old business. And we we want you to call. We have we have our investment funds that we have that we're we're about a six percent return right now on our, our drilling fund that we have. We'll get that up to 
more than 30% next year. And uh, we're looking to scale. So if anybody has an interest in how do you, how do you pay no, how do you pay less taxes on my money? How can I take advantage of this? And our goal is to increase the value of our fund. And we've got an incredible project that we're going to, we'd look to liquidate. I can't guarantee it, but we'd look to liquidate one by the next, by the end of next year, which means that'll be a good return back to investors. And we, we like sending out monthly revenue checks to them because, hey, we like those monthly revenue checks. Yeah. And Josh, just doing a little math in my head here. We charge $100,000 per episode to sponsor. Jay's been on, what, seven, eight, nine times? <laughs> and we didn't publish fun. So I don't have any points that translates into Josh and your, and your boy right here. But we'll, we'll just go ahead and just put us, give us some points in the deal, and we'll call it even on that. Um, no, Jay, it's always good to get you on. Um, and, hey, listen, real quick. For everyone, I need to thank – I haven't talked to you on the podcast, so let me say this publicly. A few months ago, I had an interview, and I needed a house to borrow up in Dallas because I live in Granbury. And Jay Young, within – I hit him up at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. The next day, opened his house up to me and let me use his house to shoot this interview on a Russian TV network. I don't know if I said that on the podcast or not, but I want to thank you again publicly. You are a good dude, and so people need to know that about you. So thank you again, Jay. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you over, and – and man, you were you were on target that day, man. I was just sitting out there, just kind of hanging out, man. You were walking through the house on the phone, and and man, going out to the pool and looking at everything on the third floor, man. It was awesome. I'm glad you I'm glad to accommodate you. All right, Jay. Thank you so much. We'll I would say any time, but I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't do that. Me, I got a wife and four kids. We'll be over there moving in. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Jay. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh-huh. All right, and that is once again Mr. Jay Young. He is a good dude. He did let me use his house, and so I really, really appreciated that back in June. Okay, Mr. Josh, any final words before we get out of here today? Uh, one last thing uh, for a roundup. We we'll might follow up with this uh, next week. Just uh, talk about it a little bit more. FTC seeks to crack down on unlawful U.S. oil and gas industry mergers. Um. I'm probably going to be against this. I haven't even had a chance to look over the article, to be honest. Uh, but uh, it'd be something to follow up on. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, let's thank our sponsor again, which is Novo Free Banking Online. They hook you up. It's fantastic. I use it myself. Be sure to use it as well. RyanRaySenior.com slash banking, or we will have a link in the show notes. And with that being said, thanks, Jay, Stu, and everyone over there. Uh, until then, keep. I'm in.